Hello, everyone. Welcome back to ND Ice. I'm your host, David Trinka, along with my co-host, once again here, John Wichick, where we talk about college, junior, and high school hockey in the state of North Dakota. Week two on this podcast, we'll be talking about some news in the state of North Dakota for hockey, as well as an in-depth look of the schedule um, UND will be facing this year and how we think they will finish. All right, going into our first segment here, the news. Um, just some articles that have come up this last week and maybe even a little bit before that. But first, we have uh, Zach Prize officially signs with the New York Islanders. Uh, we don't really know the details of that contract yet, how long it is or the the monetary amount. Um, but there was a you know a rumor that was going to happen, and um, there was a trade that was rumored again two years ago, and I believe it was the. It was the spring of COVID uh, when we thought he was going to go to New York, and now he did. So what do you think? You know, the big thing I see for Parise is obviously being that he's up there in age, and he hasn't won a cup yet, so I think that's obviously one desire for him, and the Islanders are a perfect shot for that. He's not going to be playing a big role, and I think that's definitely one of the things he understands coming into this. But, you know, in terms of a team fit, he's going to be a great fit, I think, in New York. Gritty guy, you know, Obviously, very hardworking, fits the culture there. He'll be a leader. He'll be someone, you know, he's not going to be counted on like he was in Minnesota a couple of years ago. You know, obviously, he's past his prime. But, you know, mm-hmm. definitely I'll be interested to see where he actually fits in in the lineup because they have a very good fourth line. Do you mess with that? Does he Is he good enough to get on that third line? And, you know, with mm-hmm. all the depth they have, especially at Ford, how much playing time is he actually going to get this year? Yeah, we saw that him and Suter obviously signed those huge contracts in 2012, got bought out uh, this summer. Um, those contracts were look, people that absolutely plagued one of the worst decisions Minnesota's made in a long time, um, but they finally got him out of Minnesota, and Zach Brise hopefully will have a bright future with New York, maybe winning a Stanley Cup in the next couple of years, hopefully. But we'll move on to Paula Dew, who uh, Bud Schlossman tweeted a couple of days ago. Um, he thinks is headed to the Islanders organization as well. Uh, whether or not he will get, will play on the team. Cause again, they have that depth. Uh, they have those, you know, they don't really have all those roles. They have those roles filled pretty much, uh, but we'll see it for sure. If he is able to hop into that team, maybe build into it, or maybe he'll play in the AHL, maybe even with um, Colin Adams this, this year, but I would, I would guess a lot of AHL time personally. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Islanders losing Nick Letty after losing Devon Taves last summer. Interesting to see if, because I don't know the Islanders' prospects too, too well, if they have someone that, you know, they're counting on that they know will be able to step into Letty's role and fill that ice time. But I feel like likely with the do, you know, probably AHL, you know, top four guy there. And then obviously just, you know, mm-hmm. a safe um, somebody in case they need um, depth in a pinch due to injury. So someone they can call up and has some NHL experience. Yeah. He doesn't have too much, but, uh, I think he, I'm pretty sure he finished with the Hershey bears last year in the AHL. Um, but we'll move on to Carter Rowney, who I don't think this was this last week, but it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, he signed a one-year contract with the Detroit Red Wings. So, yeah, I, I just saw Detroit officially finalize that the other day. So, okay. but mm-hmm. you know, I would assume with Detroit, he's probably getting a third or fourth line role. Most, I would say mostly in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Detroit, probably another year where they're not going to I, I don't expect them to make the playoffs, and I don't think anyone does. But obviously, at this point in the rebuild, you're looking for a little bit of growth, mm-hmm. a little bit of progress that, you know, hey, we're starting to get back on the right track. And, yeah. you know, I think Eiserman is building the team the right way, and I assume they'll see that, you know, a little bit of progress this year, and they're maybe a couple years away from really competing. Uh-huh. I agree. Uh, we'll move into uh, just today I saw on the 14th of September, um, Jake Sanderson got named to the 2021-22 uh, NCHC preseason all-conference team. Um, I didn't see who else got named to that. I'm assuming probably not a whole lot of UND players just because um, all, all, most of our upperclassmen now are incoming uh, transfers, so we don't really know how they're going to fit in. But Jake Sanderson for sure is going to be a front runner for – not only that old conference team, but maybe defenseman of the year, maybe even player of the year. We're not really sure. And then even maybe Hobie Baker, hopefully in the long run. But so the thing to remember with the preseason all conference team is they only select one team. So it's oh, three forwards, two D and one goalie. Um, that this is the actual results were um, 
For forwards, you have VT Mietnin from St. Cloud State, Noah Cates from Minnesota Duluth, and Chase Primo Primo from mm-hmm. Omaha. At D, Ronnie Attard made it at, from Western Michigan. And then for that second D spot, you had a tie between Nick Purvix from St. Cloud State and then Jake Sanderson with the goalie for the preseason. Ludwig Pearson. Um, Ludwig Pearson from and we Miami. We saw him perform last year. He was very well. He did play very well in the pod um, in last year. So Which, really interesting to watch. You know, yeah, not a, not a lot of surprises on that team. I mean, I think that's you know realistically that's your mm-hmm. best six players. So it'll be interesting. Obviously, the one thing to notice there too is St. Cloud with Perbix getting in because of the tie had two, but that's the most of any team. I mean, I think that speaks to the conference's parity. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of teams that want to compete this year. And then obviously Denver doesn't even have anyone on that list, and they'll be trying to rebound yeah, after missing the playoffs team, last I year. Think. Yeah, yeah. So, so be interesting to watch this year for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then moving on to – some more UND news. Fans attending the Hall of Fame game in Nashville in October. Um, for those fans who are 12 and older, are required to show proof of a 20 uh, COVID-19 vaccination or a negative test result within 72 hours of the event. So again, those COVID protocols are going to affect um, that game. Um, obviously, uh, that's still a concern, especially with the new variants going around. Um, I don't know too much about how that's all going on in COVID, especially down in Tennessee. But um, I'd say that seems like a, I don't really know how that would all work. Um, that seems like an okay um, decision on their part. I don't really have any say in that. I'm not a medical professional. So um, what do you think? You got any thoughts on that? I mean, obviously you're trying to put player and fan safety first. I like at least that you have, you know, you have the option just to test at least versus, you know, I've seen like, I think it was Seattle that mandated Every all fans are going to need it to be vaccinated, and really, know, yeah, I in Seattle, so. in wow. Seattle for home games, that. and I wouldn't be surprised to see that at you know other venues, depending on you know which state you're in, how restrictive the COVID restrictions mm-hmm. are there. But you know, I feel like that's a fair compromise. Is you know either don't or just be vaccinated or just have mm-hmm. a negative test. I think that's pretty fair, and I feel like that's probably going to be the standard for most arenas around the country. So yeah, the other thing to watch too, with in terms of COVID restrictions, we'll see you know is to see if they end up, you know, maybe scaling back attendance or, sorry, capacity. But I would assume with these restrictions, then they're going to be aiming for, you know, full capacity. Full capacity, although I wouldn't be surprised, too, if you have to maybe be masked or wear yeah. a mask. You know, and but that could also yeah. be, you know, yeah. depending on your, where you're sitting. Because yeah. I know, like, for some NBA playoff games this past year, it was, you know, if you're, like, within, like, the first section you have to wear a mask because mm-hmm. most of the players are trying to keep the players safe, but yeah. you know, up in the upper deck, you're fine. Yeah. So interesting to watch and see what happens there. Yeah, it'll be interesting, but uh, we're going to move on here to um, NCAA news uh, regarding hockey. Uh, NCAA opts to have a day break between reg- uh, re- regional games. So we saw UND play Minnesota Duluth. Um, fortunately for UND, they lost that game in five overtimes. We were there. Um, very disappointing. Anyway, uh, they've done it for this way for a long time where they've had that regional semifinal and that regional final. I believe they adopted the um, format, the 16-team format in 2003 was the first year that I believe that they did it. Um, but you saw um, how it usually goes is two. there's four regionals total, and then two of the regionals will play on Friday. There are two semifinal games, and then they'll play their final game on the Saturday. And then the other two regionals will play um, their semifinal games on that Saturday. And then their two final games on the Sunday. So I don't really know. I'm assuming since they're going to be doing this now that the two semifinal games will be played on Thursday, like the frozen four is in the frozen four. They have a day break. So they play on the Thursday night and then the Saturday night is the big championship game. So it'll be interesting to see, um, who determines what regional that is along with uh, that's going to make it difficult for people wanting to go to those games. You know, it's not a weekend day. Um, It's not the frozen four. Obviously you're going to make plans. You're going to set aside plans to uh, go on a Thursday night for the frozen four. That's a big event. Um, Regionals though, it'll be interesting to see how that affects attendance. Uh, And then not, not just that, but television as well. It'll be nice to be able to watch all the games. Cause when you're, if you're avid hockey fans, like you and I are, um, you want to watch as many games as possible, and it's hard on that Saturday, especially because there's so many games going on. There's 
let's see, eight or six games going on. Six games going six on. Six games going yeah. on. So that's, you know, a lot of hockey to watch, and you want to get as much of that in if you're us guys, especially if you're paying a premium to watch those games um, if you don't have TV. But it'll be interesting to see how that works out. It'll work like the Frozen Four. That, of course, will give teams more time to rest. One of the reasons why I saw Brad Schlossman say that they're doing, they could be doing this is because there's a significant uh, record change for people that have played the earlier games the night, the night or the day before. So, or, or basically the teams that play the earlier game in the regional typically do better in the championship game. Is the, what, the what, what, regional what final. Trying, yeah, in the regional final. Yeah, basically so what he's trying to say. So. You got more time to rest, and yeah. then UND obviously played that game um, the night before. Uh, and then Minnesota didn't have to play a game at all, but they would have had that earlier game. And then they, of course, beat UND that long um, tested battle. But move on to our last piece of news. Uh, Grand Fork Central alum Brandon Holt uh, committed commits to the University of Maine. I believe he plays in the null for the uh, New Mexico Ice Wolves. Um, I think they're a newer team. Yes. Um, nice to see hockey spread down to those southern states especially New Mexico, which we haven't seen much at all, or to my knowledge anyway. Um, but again, congratulations to Brendan Holt on committing to a D1 school, University of Maine, Hockey East school. That's not a school to be slept on. You know, it's a good school. and They've had a lot of history, but, you know. The other thing I saw on Twitter was that's now Grand Forks Central's sixth commit from their uh, 2017 uh, championship team that went undefeated. So, I mean, that's incredible. Great. That's and great. But that also speaks too to the fact that you know a lot of people you know commonly in North Dakota hockey you see a lot of kids leaving you know for their senior year or even lately it's been even earlier now with um North Star Christian Academy in Alexandria and other opportunities opening up. But I mean this shows that hey you can stay in North Dakota play high school hockey and you will still have those opportunities to play mm -hmm. at the high at the next level. You know even if you're not even playing in the USHO. You can go out of high school and play in the all and still make it into uh, college. So that'll be great to see. We'll move into our next segment. All right, we'll get into the schedule. First, on October 3rd, um, it was supposed to be against Manitoba, like it always is, the exhibition. But they changed it uh, because the NCA changed the ruling where you could play um, other opponents and other D1 opponents. So... They'll be playing Bemidji State for a third time that year, or well, the first of three, but exhibition. So it won't count, but it's a it's a good way to compete, get a, actually an actual compete level because Manitoba, I will say, obviously isn't at the compete level of another D1 school. So Yeah, and, you know, obviously that night, raising the conference championship banner, I think that'll be a fun night, but it'll be a good test because obviously that'll be the first time all these new roster additions will be on – playing on the same team. So, and Bemidji is known for playing hard, playing a team game. So that'll be a really good challenge just to kind of get used to each other. So very good team up. Yeah. We'll see the first look actually at the team. I think that'll be good. Uh, a low stakes game, but obviously you want to build the, the early um, chemistry there for that team. Um, I think obviously, I think UND will win that game. Uh, what do you think? I'd say, Give it like three one maybe. I don't think it'll be wide open, but if if UND wins, it's going to be close. I would lean more of a tie just because there's so many new pieces to this UND team, okay. and you know it's it's going to be a tight game. But Midi State always plays hard, but it'll be a lo lot of storylines for that game because obviously Driscoll playing against his own school, even in an old school, even in an exhibition, or mm -hmm. you know also you know just for Midi trying to show him, hey, you know he shouldn't have left. Mm -hmm. All right. Moving on to October 8th and 9th uh, at the Ralph against Niagara. Um, I don't remember the last time we played them. I, I just know one big time that we played them was in the tournament in 2013 when we beat them barely, and we lost to Yale the next night. I, I think we played them since then, though. Um, but Niagara last year uh, finished 7-12-13, and 13, seven wins, 12 losses, and three ties, and they finished ninth in the Atlantic Hockey Conference, which isn't good, um, obviously. Ninth is, uh, I think they have like 11 or 12 teams um, and finishing ninth in one, uh, arguably, I don't want to say it, but arguably not like the worst conference in college hockey. I'd say the least competitive anyway. Um, I think I'd say a sweep, honestly. It'll, it won't, it'll be, it might be close a game, but 
again, that first game might be close because of the chemistry, but I think they'll sweep. What do you think? You know, this one's going to be another interesting one with a lot of storylines because obviously Carter Rankleb was committed to UND, and then after his ACL injury with the force, decommitted and is now at Niagara. He's also, of course, a local kid, played for Moorhead, now, like I said, now at Niagara, so kind of a homecoming for him. But also Niagara was very active in the transfer market oh, yeah. this summer, so it'll be interesting to see how they Especially do. recently. See if I would expect them to be improved, but you know, I yeah. think UND, UND can't afford if they really want to compete, they need non conference wins this year, just like yeah. any other year. And I think they're going to come out, take care of business. Yeah, they don't want to do the sweep. Canisius thing like they did a couple years ago, which ultimately just sunk their, um, what's that? Sunk, yeah. sunk their pairwise ranking. Yeah, pairwise. That, That's right. Know, yeah, I, that really cost them the season. But. Yeah, they did. All right. So both sweep. He's simple enough. All right. Moving into October 5th and 16th, you know, the annual Bemidji State swipe where they go at Bemidji State and then at the REA. Um, So not exactly a home series, not exactly an away series, but um, I think it'll be tougher that first game, especially, you know, just playing them. You think they're going to tie that first exhibition, uh, how that'll affect when they play at the Sanford Center. I think that's what it's called, Sanford Center in Bemidji State. Um, I I think that first game will be close, but I still think UND will come out with a win on at Bemidji, and then I think um, they'll win at home again. So starting out five and zero for me. What do you think? Or four and zero? But I mean, regardless of who wins and loses this series, it's going to be tight. It's going to be very competitive. Of course, Bemidji State they finished with a record of 16-10-3 last year fourth in the WCHA, but obviously made the tournament still mm-hmm. and obviously beat Wisconsin in game one. So Great game. Yeah, great game to watch. And then obviously they lost to – oh, why, why am I blanking on who they lost to? But They lost to UMass. UMass, of course, yep. So, Got yeah. killed for nothing. It's, it's going to be a good series. They're I like feel, Bemidji State, so. Yeah, I, I feel like you know both teams have a lot of question marks coming in early. I feel like UND is going to – tie at Bemidji State okay. and a little bit tougher atmosphere sometimes, but you know, they'll win yeah. in front of the home crowd. I feel like they have to win in front of the home crowd. So all right. So for you, start off with three oh and one and then for me four and oh. All right, at Quinnipiac, this will be a tough game um because or this is October twenty second and twenty third. This is gonna be tough for me, I think. Um Quinnipiac obviously bigger this last decade uh for hockey hockey program, um, playing them in the championship and playing them the year before in Fargo. Um, but again, a high compete level for that. They won. They got took first in the ECAC with a 17, eight and four record. Um, but you got to think again, not many teams played in the ECAC last year, not, or especially not like prestigious, um, hockey programs. So you gotta take that into account. But again, Quinnipiac, not a team to be slept on. I think, um, my sister especially told me this, um, they, and that's something that I've seen since I was a kid, they, UND tends to be nervous going into that Friday night game, going into, especially away games. So I'm going to have to go with a loss against Quinnipiac on that Friday night. And then I'll go with a win on the Saturday night readjustment. Um, especially with that atmosphere in Quinnipiac. Yeah. And the other thing with Quinnipiac is I respect Rand Pecknall a lot as a coach. He's one of the better coaches in college hockey. Um, yeah. obviously when you watch like recently, UND's really hasn't done that well when they've gone out east, be it Canisius or even like some of the regionals out east, mm-hmm. even like going back a few years and even to Boston. So long road trips for UND sometimes are, you know, aren't super successful, aren't super successful. So, super successful. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to say, yeah, I agree. Friday night loss, but I feel like Saturday will just get, I could see a split here, but I, I could see I could see UND losing both, but I'm gonna go with a loss and a tie. Which you know, for on the road out east at you know a good Quinnipiac well, team, that's okay. When you see tie, does that are you saying end regulation tie and then someone wins in overtime? I'm just gonna say tie. Okay, tie overall. All right. Yeah. The other the other thing is you know to factor in too is sometimes you know at least in conference UND seems to be more comfortable on Friday nights, and then their Saturdays seem to be rougher, but. Yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be two close games. but All right. Yeah. 
We'll move into October 30th, um, the day before Halloween, when UND travels to Nashville for the um, Hall of Fame game, annual Hall of Fame game that they do. This game was supposed to be played last year. Of course, with COVID, it wasn't able to be played, um, especially since the season didn't even start until December. Um, They'll be playing Penn State, uh, who took fifth in the Big Ten last year uh, with a 10-12-0 record, um, which isn't terrible, but again, the Big Ten – Kind of spotty. It's arguably people. I, I'd say it's on the top half, but it can be arguably like some people think it's on the bottom half because those teams, while they have powerhouse teams in that conference, a lot of the time they don't succeed in the postseason. So, um, but I'm gonna have to go with a win, especially against Penn State. I don't think that. I mean, I didn't see a lot of moves this summer that really are notable. But Penn, I mean, I don't really know. I don't have we even played Penn State before. Oh, I don't even. I think this might be their first meeting. Honestly, maybe I. Yeah. I don't remember. I mean, they got a program in twenty thirteen, so or twenty fourteen, so well, either one. I don't remember what year it was, but because um, they sparked that move from the WCHA to the Big Ten for those Big Ten schools like Minnesota and Wisconsin. But um, again, I don't know how they play a lot. I don't watch the Big Ten again, but again, Penn State isn't a team. They were good a couple, maybe one or two years ago um, for a year or so, but I'm going to have to go with a win. What do you think? I mean, I expect Penn State to bounce back. Um, Obviously, Penn State, like the atmosphere at their home rink, uh, the Pagulai Center, Mm -hmm. it's nuts. So obviously that being dampered last year, that doesn't help them. Um, So, and usually they're a competitive team. And get, I believe Guy Gadowski is still the coach, you know, another mm-hmm. good coach. I believe he has, I think, a little bit of NHL experience too, maybe, or pro experience. So good coach. I feel like they're going to bounce back, but UND does, seems to always do well in these, you know, yeah. travel games. They get a big, obviously we're going to have a big UND crowd. They're going to feed off the crowd. They're going to do well. And yep. I just don't see them losing this game hosted, in Nashville. Hosted by UND. Um, obviously you see fans dying to go to that game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that atmosphere is, especially in a great town like Nashville. I've been there. I've been to that rink. Absolutely great. I, I think that atmosphere is great. It's going to be a really fun game to watch. Um, but that'll do it for October. We'll move into November here. Um, fifth and sixth uh, versus Denver. So at the REA, Denver, not a great season last year. One of their worst in a long time. 10-13-1, finished fifth in the NCHC. <clears throat> Denver, uh, they're one of those teams that is I'd, I compare them to even their bad seasons are like Minnesota, the wild seasons. Like uh, they're not really good, but they're not bad. Like Denver will is not a team to be slept on, even when they're not having a good season. They will pull out a win against you. They know how to score. They know how to compete. Uh, they know how to fight, um, especially against UND, that rivalry being there. <clears throat> Argu- arguably the biggest rivalry we have in the NCHC just going back to those uh, WCHA days. Um, but um, I don't see us winning two games. Or well, Actually, this is at home, so I guess maybe. Um, I'll go with a win on Friday, and then I want to be hopeful and say that it's a win because I feel like we can compete, but Denver's going to have not a bad team this year. So uh, I'm just going to go with – on a limb here and say it's a win because I've been in the student section when we're playing Denver and it gets crazy. Um, lots of chirping from the student section, uh, a lot of energy uh, to rally behind that. Especially we don't really know how this team's going to play because there's so many new guys, but I'm just going to go on a limb and say we're going to sweep them at home. Yeah, this one's always tough. Denver, I expect again, bounce back. I feel like they're going to be a team that's going to be competing in the NCHC mm-hmm. and they should be getting an NCAA playoff spot. Mm-hmm. They're going to be motivated, especially early on in the season, to kind of like reassert, you know, that hey, we're going to be a good team again. Yep. Um, the this these series are always heated. They are, regardless Absolutely. of where it's at. It seems like it's always a split. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go. Denver comes into the Ralph on Friday night, wins that game. Okay. So loss for UND, but UND is going to bounce back Saturday night. All right. And again, Denver never having really a bad season to last year. I think they had the longest standing um, NCAA tournament appearance um, rec- like in a row up until last year when they didn't make it. So that was their first time not making it in a long time. Um, but we'll move on to November 12th and 13th at Miami. Miami, of course, the team that has been 
since they were good in 2015, but ever since then they haven't really been a spotlight team. They finished eighth last year, five eight or five eighteen and two. Um, I don't. Miami, let's say the last two. We didn't play them at Miami last year, but the year before that, it, it, it the battles came down to the finish. And I, I like Miami's compete level. Again, they're in Miami in the um, what's it called now? Oh, I don't. O- Oxford something. No, it's yeah, the. Um, I, don't, I don't remember no, what it's called. It's, I can't remember what it's called now either. I usually remember this kind of stuff. But anyway, um, I think I could see the only night I could really see us losing is that Friday night. But I'm going to say a win on Saturday. I think NCAA rules that'll be a tie on Friday just because Miami can usually pull it out. Um, I don't know how they're actually. No, I'll switch it to a win. I don't think we'll lose against Miami, honestly. Just because I didn't see many moves this, this last season where. They'll be much better, but hopefully it's a sweep. But what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? See, I'm I'm kind of expecting UND to struggle kind of first half of the season. As you've kind of noticed, I've been pretty, you know, pretty much split or tie so far. So most of these series, Miami has a very good goalie. I could see him definitely stealing a game. Oh, U- yeah. UND tends to do well Friday night a lot of times, too, on the road, and at least in conference, you know. Oh. So it was I, the Goggin Ice Center. Goggin Ice Center. Okay. Yeah. So I, I I think UND wins Friday night, but I'm gonna say Miami gets back. I'm gonna go with Miami getting a tie at least on Saturday night. You know, and then we'll, and then we win on Friday. UND wins. Although okay. that, I wouldn't be surprised if UND comes out of there with a split because again, that's Pearson's a good goaltender. Pearson's sure. a good goalie, and that's and that's a tough road environment too, especially early on. Not not the hardest one, but again, that's a pretty significant distance though. And, Sometimes yeah. that seems to be a factor. All right. We'll move into um, November 19th and 20th against Minnesota Duluth. This is the last weekend before the Minnesota series. Um, Minnesota Duluth, obviously a great team. We lost to them in the regional final last year in Fargo. Uh, they finished third, 15-11-2. and two. Um, I don't see UND coming out of this weekend with anything more than a sweep. Or not a sweep, a, uh, a split. Um I could see Minnesota. I think Minnesota Duluth will win that first Friday night, and then we'll bounce back and win on the Saturday night. Um, just because UMD is going to be, they're just going to be a, even. They were good last year, and they're going to be even better this year. So, um, whether how that affect how that will affect UND's play, I don't know. But I don't see them. I don't see UND coming out of this home series without losing a game. What do you think? Honestly. I, I see this more as UND is going to be out for blood. This is the last, you know, weekend with the students, you know, everybody in the building. It's going to be packed. It's going to be rowdy. Mm-hmm. UND is going to be out for blood after losing in heartbreaking fashion to Luth. You, I, I feel like UND is going to sweep, honestly. Okay. I'm going Bold. with the sweep here because, mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, UND is going to be out down. for blood. That's It's going to be a factor, certainly, you know. Yeah. And plus, that's just a big, big series in terms of just NCHC points and NCHC standings, mm-hmm. even though it's early in the season, that's going to have a huge impact for later on. So I feel like UND is going to be highly motivated and they're going to come out, do mm-hmm. what they need to do, take care of business, get a sweep at home. That's a bold prediction. And I, I hope you stand by that. We'll see how that comes out that weekend. Um, but I do, I do see what you're, what you're getting at though. Um, move on to November 26th and 27th, a series that has been waited for, for two years now, obviously, even maybe even longer than that. I was at the last time I was at the Ralph. It was pretty heated, definitely for sure. I, unfortunately, I did do participate in some of the student chants, even though I wasn't a student. Uh, next to some Gopher fans that I don't think appreciated some of the little language being used. Anyway, um, big big huge game. Unfortunately, Minnesota likes. I don't know if, who is wanting to schedule this on a Thanksgiving if it's Minnesota or UND. Um, obviously the reason why I asked that is because there won't be fans in the student section, um, for North Dakota, um, because it's on that Thanksgiving, everyone will be away. Those, that student section will be sold as regular admission. Um, I have tickets to this game, at least the Friday night. Um, I don't know about Saturday night, uh, but Minnesota finished first in the big 10 and they got second in the tournament, uh, not in their, in their big 10 tournament. Um, or other, other way around, second in the Big Ten regular season, but won the playoffs. That's right. You're right. Yeah, I bet. Uh, Minnesota uh, finished 24-7-0. and 0. 
Um, man, they're going to be good. That is the one thing I will say. They will be good this this year as they were last year. Um, which way I want to do this split, I'm not sure. I don't think UND will sweep. I hope they do. That'll be un- unreal if they do. Again, out for blood, Minnesota, that rivalry is just insane. Love seeing that rivalry being played. Obviously, we steamrolled them last time. We've won the last four meetings in a row. Uh, that Saturday night in 2018, and then, no, yeah, Saturday night in 2017, and then 18 was the 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 Vegas Hall game. of Fame game where we won, and then in 2019 in that fall we swept them. I was there for both those games. Those games were unreal as well, um, in Minnesota and Minneapolis. Um, I'm gonna go with um, UND with the win on Friday just because I hope that happens because I'll be there, and then. A loss on Saturday night. What do you think? What's your take on that? Yeah, obviously Minnesota is going to be very motivated co- coming in. Um, big series, especially for non-conference, you know, and for two teams that see themselves as competing for a title, this is going to be big later on in the season, especially in terms of like seeding and obviously your pairwise rankings too. So, mm-hmm. and obviously Minnesota is going to be motivated after what you and you did to them last time. Yeah, that was in their home building. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I feel like it's got to be a split, you know. But yeah, I I think I think I stick with you. UND takes care of business at home on Friday, but Minnesota's going to eke out a Saturday win. Mm-hmm. They're not going to. Minnesota's not going to get out of there without a split. So yeah. All right, that'll do it for November, and then we'll move into December. Only two weekends in December. Um, none of them are home, so that Minnesota game will be the last home game of that calendar year. Um, but we'll go into December 3rd and 4th at St. Cloud State, a game that I usually attend because my dad lived in St. Cloud. I don't know if we'll be there this year, maybe. Um, but St. Cloud, obviously a, a great team, made the championship game last year, finished second in the NCHC with a 2011-0 record. Um, at, at home, you know, God, UND might even get swept. Um I'm going to have to go with Old Faithful and say that UND goes in with a loss on Friday because, you know, they get nervous or whatever. Um, they tend to do better on Saturday nights at away because they, they jump into that Friday night uh, and then they, they adjust to the atmosphere and everything after. Um, but that'll be a win on Saturday night, I think. It'll be close for sure. Maybe even a tie for North Dakota. Um, just because St. Cloud State is going to be so good and they're going to come out blazing after that loss and the frozen face-off. Pretty much just a third-period loss for them. Um, UND woke up, but what do you think? Yeah, well, and the other factor with going to St. Cloud is obviously a good environment, but also the Olympic ice. I think that yeah, – I think now with – Co- yeah, I think with Colorado going to opening Ed Robson Arena, and mm-hmm. that's going to be NHL size, I think this is their only series this year that's going to be on Olympic ice. So that's a – you know – that's another factor that's going to influence the game and obviously their comfort level on the Olympic ice. So even though they'll be practicing on it all week, it's still, you know, these are their mm-hmm. only two games all year on Olympic ice. And I think that's going to be a factor Friday night. That's one of the other challenges nowadays going to St. Cloud. So yeah, I agree with you. Loss mm-hmm. on Saturday or sorry, loss on Friday, but they'll bounce back Saturday with a win. Mm-hmm. So very tight and series. I've been there uh, so many times at the Herbert's National Hockey Center in St. Cloud um, the atmosphere is uh, definitely is well. St. Cloud State brings the fans, especially playing UND, but so does UND. Obviously, the being pretty close to home, they're probably the, the, the um the team that is closest to St. Cloud, or the St. Cloud is the closest team to UND, um, besides Duluth. That Minnesota or UND actually brings the the fans. So again, and also the Olympic size ice, which um is is to be brought up that I did forget about before my prediction, but um, for sure that is something um, to be looked at. Uh, we'll move into, um, where is it? December 10th and 11th, yeah. UND on the road at Colorado College. Colorado College, of course, like I just said, opening up a brand new rink at Robson Arena, NHL-sized. They had a pretty rough year last year, four wins, 17 losses, two ties. 
seventh in the NCHC. I'd say it's a pretty regular year for them, honestly. Lately, at least. But, you yeah. know, thinking back, they used to be good when they had, like, Schwartz. Yeah, they were good in... 2010s, they were... They yeah, were, they were good in... Uh, they to the Frozen Forum 2005 when it was old WCHA. Um, and they made a couple of Frozen Fours in the late 90s. Uh, and then, yeah, towards the end of the early two, uh, towards the end of the just the 2000s and then early 2010s, they were, oh, we lost to them in the final five in 2013. I remember that. I was there for that. That was disappointing. Um, but yeah, new rink. I don't see them being any, I mean, I, I would love to visit that rink, but I think UND will go in with the sweep. I don't think Colorado colleges, we really never come out with less than a sweep there. Um, what do you think? Well, and it'll be interesting to see. They got a new head coach in Chris Mayotte, who coming from, I believe, Providence, somewhere out east. Mm-hmm. Very good reputation. I think he will do a good job, and I hope he can turn around the program, make it more competitive. But, you know, like I said, no longer the uh, trip to the, oh, what the heck was it? The it was World, the Broadmoor World Broad, Arena. Yeah, Broadmoor World Arena and the Olympic ice. So UND's, you know. Coming off a tough road series at St. Cloud, they're going to be motivated to end the second half or the first half on a good note. And I think that this team is going to be starting at this point to really hit their stride in terms of building chemistry and feeling comfortable with each other. So I think they end the first half on a good note with, with a sweep at St. Cloud State. Or sorry, not St. Cloud, Colorado College. Oof. Yikes. All right. That's Pop not on. a bad first half for UND. We'll jump into the second half. All right. On the seventh. And eighth, or well, first January first, we play the U.S. Under eighteen team exhibition. Not going to count. Um, a win. Let's just keep it simple and quick. A win. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. January seventh and eighth uh, versus Cornell. Um, Cornell didn't play last year because they were Ivy League and they opted not to play. So. It'll be interesting to see how they do because at the end of that that COVID year, they were number one and we were number two, I believe. Um, so I don't know what their team looks like right now. I probably should have done more research on that before coming into this. Um, they are at our home uh, compete level in the ECAC isn't top notch. Um, this is going to bother me now that I don't really know. Um I'm either going to go with a sweep or a split. I'm going to wait for you. What do you think? I'm going to go split. I would say UND starts off second half. They're, they're going to want to start off the second half with a win, but I think Cornell bounces back game two. Okay. So, but a couple, you know, no, notable storylines is, you know, likely, well, I believe UND and Cornell were one and two before COVID ended the uh, 2020 season prematurely. So mm-hmm. that'll be an interesting, yeah. you know, kind of, comparison but also Cornell seeing how they do obviously having not played but additionally you got I believe Cody Heiskanen still on that team he was a graduate played for Far- Fargo Davies I believe he should be a senior this year so another you know local kid playing at home mm-hmm. and yeah I think they're they're gonna be a good team I think they're gonna I, I will I hope so yeah I will say um I think North Dakota will come in with a little bit of swagger coming in off of that or confidence off that first Half, um, and then winning that exhibition against U.S., and I think they're going to slack a little bit. I think you're going to lose that Friday night, and then that'll make them bounce back for the Saturday night. So it'll be a sweep. First loss against Cornell on Friday, win Saturday, and for you the other way around. Uh, But we'll hop right into January 14th and 15th uh, against Omaha um, at the REA. Last year they finished fourth, 14-11-1. We demolished them last year when it was at the REA. Um, we won the Pen- Penrose Cup that night. I think we didn't do anything less than sweep them every single time. Um, but when we do play there, they usually do pretty well. We usually split. So I'm going to go, but where it is again at the REA. I am going to go with the sweep just because, well, yeah, I'm going to go with the sweep. Omaha's always pesky and, you know, I think they're going to be a good team again. And, you know, they just always kind of seem to give us trouble for whatever reason. So, admittedly, even though it's at home, I'm feeling a – it seems like it's usually a, a Friday night loss and a Saturday night win with Omaha. But, you know, I'm going to go the opposite. Let's go Friday night win for UND again. 
back-to-back weekends, Friday night win. Mm-hmm. Loss on Saturday night. I might change something. I just feel like all these wins are going to rack up and it's going to be a better record than I think we will have. Um, Especially considering we play in the gauntlet that is the NCHC. So True, but I'd... I just didn't see a whole lot of moves that were really convincing for me that Omaha was going to really going to be good. Besides their players growing, Isaiah Seville hasn't really proved himself to me that much yet. He's not a bad goalie by any means. He's still one of the best in the league, but I don't, I don't know what it is. He just doesn't play that well against us usually. Um, maybe I'll switch one to a loss. I'll switch Saturday night to a loss. I think just because I wanted to make it a little more even. All right, at Western Michigan. Uh, January 21st and 22nd. Um, hmm, I don't really know. Oh, it's at the Lawson, obviously, the Lunatics. Um, I'm going to have to go with at least a split here just because um, just the atmosphere there is pretty good. It's a small arena. My dad went there two years ago. Um, the year – I don't know if it was two years ago, but – the atmosphere is good. It's a it's it's a nice rink. It's old. It's the old one of the oldest in college hockey, I believe, built in the seventies. Um, bench seating, the Lunatics, though very famous student section. Um, gets loud in there for sure. Um, they have a name for a reason. The loss in Lunatics. I'll go with a loss. No, I'll go with the win on Friday and then a loss on Saturday just to switch it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling, you know. Yeah, you know, a lot of the same thing, honestly. Um, it's, you know, it's a tough second-half schedule for sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, and obviously the fans are going to be a factor. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say Western Michigan gets a sweep here at home. All right. They're going to take care of business. This, you know, this is going to be – I think that's going to be a hard series. But, you know, yep. it's – yeah, one to – one, you know – that's that's really going to be you know if UND could come out of that series with a sweep they're really really going to put themselves in good positioning for you know that stretch run, mm-hmm. but you know if not then they're really going to need to bounce back obviously. Yep. So this is where it gets down to the wire where you finally start to see who's going to be in contention for the Penrose after that weekend though. Yep. Um, moving on to January twenty eighth and 29th. Uh, at the REA we play St. Cloud State. Um, I don't see again. More than a split for UND. I'm going to go with a loss on Friday and a win on Saturday night. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to make my Saturday night a tie against Western. Let's do that. I think that's going to be more fair. Um, Again, yeah, St. Cloud State at home. You know, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tight series. And at this point, you know, you're, I've, you feel like St. Cloud – and especially, you know, looking ahead a couple of weeks to Luth, those two series in particular are really going to be big in terms of jockeying for position. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be, yeah, both teams are going to be motivated. I, yeah, I feel like it's got to be a split. But I'm going to feel like – I feel like a Friday night win here. All right. Again, another Friday night win, Saturday night letdown. All right, Saturday night letdown. Yeah. All right, February, we'll hop into February here, 4th and 5th against Colorado College at home. Um. Uh, I, I I don't hate to say this, but I kind of do just because the record might look a little lopsided. I'm going to go with the sweep just because it's Carter College at home. They're not going to put us away, obviously, I don't think. But yeah, UND's had no challenge with Colorado College the last few years. And especially, like I said, at this point, you're looking you're, – you're really standings watching. You need to win every game. UND's going to yep. come out. They're going to take care of business. It's going to be a sweep at home. No questions asked. All right. So, and I, I – of course, I – as much as I hate to say it, Carter College has been not good the last decade, probably. Um, and I want to see them good. I like seeing those those teams that aren't big powerhouses be good, like Bemidji State. I like Bemidji State a lot. Um, but anyway, we'll move into February 18th and 19th at Minnesota Duluth. This is going to be the toughest series for me. I think UND will lose Friday and get a tie on Saturday. Yeah, this is... Yeah, yeah, another tough one, but obviously being on the road, um, I'm gonna say UND switches it up here. They're gonna get a Friday night win on the road in Duluth, and then, but of course they're gonna lose Saturday. I mean, any anything anything better than a split coming yeah. out of Duluth is, or well, even anything, a split coming yeah. out of Duluth is anything better fine. than a, a like a 
a loss sweep or whatever you call that. They sweep. I don't know. Yeah. If if UND can get out of that weekend with more than even if they get like a shootout loss or like an OT loss points yeah. at Duluth that late in the season, that's just going to help them. But yep. a win would be huge. Duluth is going to be arguably that team to be besides St. Cloud. So and UND of course. <laughs> yep. so, yeah. Um, February twenty fifth and twenty sixth uh, versus Western Michigan. Um, I'm gonna have to go with a. Western Michigan again. Uh, they're not super high competitive, but they're still pretty competitive. Um, I don't see a sweep here. I'm gonna go with a. I'm gonna go with a loss on Friday and a win on Saturday. Okay, you know, it's it seems like it's been the last few years. Western Michigan's always been like that last home series for us, and. You know, obviously at this point, you're really getting into, you know, if you at this point and especially with, you know, the way I see the season going and, you know, what we have for predictions, obviously, I think this is you're looking at clinching the Penrose this weekend. And obviously Saturday night this weekend being senior night, you know, and having like I said, I, I feel like they're going to have a really tough series at Western Michigan. I don't like I said, I had a loss and a tie that weekend. They're going to be motivated. And this is the last weekend of the season. Yeah. If we don't get that. um that frozen face off first round at the NCAA playoffs first round at home. Yeah. But which I, I feel like they should be in good position. Senior for that. night they'll win. So that's why I said Saturday. Senior night they have to win. And obviously, they're. I feel like they're going to have a shot at this point at clinching a Penrose and they're going to want to do it at home. So they're going to be motivated. So I'm saying a sweep. So here. All right. Um, March at Omaha, fourth and fifth of March. I they the last couple of seasons they haven't come out of Omaha with a sweep so I'm gonna go with a win on Friday and a loss on Saturday because Omaha usually pulls it out on Saturday. Yeah, and again, like I said, I feel like at this point this should be you know you're looking to you either have the Penrose wrapped up hopefully otherwise you're looking trying to compete with that so I'm gonna say Omaha's gonna win on Friday night but UNE's gonna bounce back finish the season on a good note. Saturday. That so. being said, um, what do you think the contentions are for a Penrose? Because I honestly, I don't know what my record looks like right now uh, based off of this, but I, I, mm, it's going to be tough. I mean, I will say last season, I didn't think UND would win the Penrose. And even the season before, I didn't think UND was going to win the Penrose just because I've learned to kind of live life one might with my predictions just to be a little more negative than positive, you know, set your sights a little lower than, you know, not to expect too much. Um, because just the NCHC is just such a competitive conference. You really don't know what's going to happen. So, well, what are your thoughts anyway? You know, I, I still think like UND, obviously they still have the senior class that's been through a lot. They're going to be motivated to end on a good note. Plus you got, you know, the way I look at it too is, you have Sanderson, you have Clevin, you have Frisch. I mean, you have a very stacked, you know, decor with a lot of experience. You have Driscoll and Nett, you know, and I guess that's the other thing I'm looking at is looking to next year is, you know, who's going to really take that next step and be that goalie that's really going to help win us games. I feel like Driscoll is going to fill that role for us this year, do really well. And after that, there's might be a couple years where, you know, our goaltending maybe might be a little questionable unless somebody steps up. So... That's, that's why I'm looking at this year as kind of like, okay, this might be our last like really good shot for maybe like a year or two. So that's why I'm going to, I'm optimistic. I feel like UND wins a Penrose playoffs, you know, are always kind of hit or miss. It seems like, but you know, in terms of at least the NCHC playoffs, obviously typically we take care of business at home the first round, but then mm-hmm. that frozen face off. Not regarding injuries. Who do you think? What nights would you see someone else being the starter besides Zach? Not including like in the in the instance where Zach doesn't get the start, but not because of injury. Yeah. Just because he needs a rest. You're the goalie, you kinda know more about that. When's the night you'll see a backup playing? I, I don't expect often, honestly, this year. It's especially with Driscoll, a guy who's been there for so long. He's been the guy at the Mitchie State. I don't think he really takes a lot of nights off. Um I mean, if I had to pick a couple, I mean, maybe Colorado College or like a non-conference like Niagara, 
Well, probably uh, no, especially with all the young goalies we have and the new goalies. I don't, I don't, I don't really think you will really I see a lot U, of anyone else. U eighteen for sure. That exhibition. Well, someone will play out. Someone else will play. Yeah, yeah. Like exhibition, obviously, is different. So, yeah. Because even even that Bemidji State exhibition, I wouldn't expect Driscoll to play the whole game, even mm-hmm. even though we're playing Bemidji State. So, because obviously, you want to get a look at those other two goalies, kind of evaluate them for the future. But yeah, I would, you know, if it, if they weren't both like freshman i would say niagara otherwise yeah it's you're looking at mostly exhibitions and then maybe if driscoll has like a bad night you know which you know could happen maybe somewhere i could see like wasson being a tough atmosphere yeah but then again he's an experienced goalie he's been around the block he's gonna handle it well but you know yeah mm-hmm. you know just, there are obviously times where you know mm-hmm. he just might need to reset all right. So that being said, going in our final standings, my UND record will be 23-11-1. Probably more ties there. I didn't really take that too much into account. But I think UND will finish with 23 wins, 11 losses, and one tie. And John with a 21-10-4 record. Both records aren't bad. You know, they're not bad. They're, they're I would say those are actually pretty accurate from what I thought they were going to be. Um because you know UND had a stellar season. I think they how much they had five losses last year, so pretty good season. The last two seasons anyway have been really good. So eleven losses isn't a bad number. You know you still have your double wins, doubled their wins, then you do losses. Yeah, twenty two six and one last year, um, but that was just because the last games played. Um, but again, so. A competing team that'll put us at least in the top half of the NCHC. So we should have at, at the minimal a NCHC. Well, we'll still have that home series. We should be. I would say we should be top two, top three at worst. Yeah, NCHC we'll be top three. Regular I think, season. But so top, but yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have a home series at home or a Probably. home playoff quarterfinal series yeah. at the Ralph. Obviously, the expectation is going to be that you know we win that. You yeah. know, usually. Obviously, it depends who we play. It's obvious, you know, getting that one seed and probably playing like a Colorado College, I guess, would be ideal. Miami could be kind of a sneaky, like, sleeper come playoff time with Pearson, mm-hmm. right, as the goalie, I believe. Pearson? Pearson, is that how you say it? Yeah. Miami? Yep, yeah, Miami. So, And anybody else than that, that's going to be a good three-game series. So, um, Yeah, as far as that goes, not probably, probably not a Penrose Cup winning team, but, again, not a bad team either, so... But we'll definitely see how it goes. Um, but that'll wrap it up for this episode, week two. Um, I will I will say once again right here, uh, after our first episode, I want to thank everyone for your overwhelming support for our podcast in the first coming weeks. Um, I really thank everyone for reaching out, trying to help us find people to be on the show that is still in the works um, for more to come. Uh, just follow our social media if you're interested. Um, and stay up to date with the news. Um, next week, we'll be talking about the UND alumni season preview. So players that have played for UND that are in the pros, what there's, who they're going to play for, what's, what to, what to come, what's to come for them, uh, and what, how, they think, how we think they will do. But again, that'll conclude uh, this week two podcast. My name is David Trinka. I'm John Wichick. And we'll see you guys next week.